Hello all and uh, welcome back to the Pipe Cottage YouTube channel. It's been a while since I posted a video but I wanted to do a video today offering a little bit of update about what's going on with the Pipe Cottage uh, as well as share with you a little piece of literature and talk about three blends that are today my desert island blends. This could change a year from now, but at the present moment, I'm in a situation where I have been smoking only three blends for the past three weeks. Uh, with maybe one or two exceptions, but for the most part, I have been craving three particular blends, and I want to talk with you about that just in case you're interested. But the first thing I wanted to talk about was Malcolm Guide. I received a pleasant gift in the mail a few days ago from a good friend who he ordered several of Geit's books, read through them, he was finished with them, and so he sent them to me as a gift. And so I have been reading through Geit's book, Heaven in Ordinary. Many of you know Geit, I'm sure, from his YouTube channel and his work in the pipe community and in the community of theology. But uh, just briefly, I wanted to share with you uh, a small essay that he has in here entitled A Falling Leaf. So listen to the words of Mr. Malcolm Guy, if you will. This morning I took a Sunday walk with George and Zara the two retired greyhounds whose job it is to teach me returning and rest. We ambled through bright autumn sunlight beneath some trees on the fringes of the village green, and I paused to watch a single leaf fall effortlessly and find its place exactly in the center of a tessellated pattern of red and gold as though placed and fitted there by the last touch of an intent and careful artist. Indeed, the leaf did not so much fall as descend gently in a fine, flattening curve, and in its last movement glide almost horizontally, inches above the ground, before settling, stilled, quieted, perfect. The air seemed still to me, and yet that smooth flight told me that the leaf was winging on some imperceptibly small current, that the perfect curve of its gentle descent expressed, outwardly and visibly, a balance between those two invisible mysteries that shape our world, gravity and air. These moments of beauty are everywhere, almost always unobserved, a part of the charge of the grandeur of God, as Hopkins called it, that fills and fulfills the world with something overflowing, an uncountable abundance that we mostly miss. Thankful that I had not missed this moment, I recalled the opening words of one of Wendell Berry's Sabbath poems in which he speaks of resuming the long lesson of learning again how a small thing can be pleasing if we will only pay attention. In his great essay, The Redress of Poetry, Seamus Haney says that poetry offers a clarification 
a fleeting glimpse of a potential order of things beyond confusion, a glimpse that has to be its own reward. I once had a conversation with him in which he developed that idea further. Sometimes, he said, it is not necessarily the whole poem or the poem as it is read on the page, but just a phrase or two that comes to you, surfaces in your mind in the right place at the right time, and offers you phrases that feed the soul. I felt that Barry was offering me just that, wandering beneath the trees with my dogs. More phrases from his Sabbath poems came to mind, phrases that had the effect of focusing and clarifying for me where I was and what I was seeing. Poised between time and eternity, Barry speaks of how the trees rise in silence and how that natural silence is almost eternal but not quite. The end of that poem does something even more remarkable. For the poet sees that the person on his Sabbath walk, whose mind rests in the sight of the falling leaf, delighting in its goodness and beauty, is himself participating in a deeper rest and a greater beholding, in which the maker of all this beholds all things, both man and leaf. For a moment he feels the mind of God in its eternal Sabbath, resting in his own mind and offering him in that moment the chance to participate in that rest as he and God watch a yellow leaf slowly falling and take pleasure in it together. That's extremely powerful. Geit knows from whence he speaks. There is so much that we miss on a daily basis that are part of the simple pleasures of God's creation. We miss it. We miss the beauty of a spring day because we're so stressed out about, about what the next hour is going to bring. And so this was encouraging to me. And I look forward to reading more from Malcolm Geit. And perhaps I'll share more from him in a future video. Now the three blends, the three tobacco blends that I've been smoking daily for two or three weeks now. The first is 8 State Burley, the 2022 edition. This tin's almost gone, and this is extremely satisfying to me. It has, of course, Burley, has some Oriental and some Virginia, and it smells just fantastic. It's perhaps the best burly in my cellar at the present time. That is, other than a 15-year-old tin of Solani aged burly flake, which was gifted to me some time ago. Eight-state burly, I can't get enough of it. The richness of the burley and the sweetness of the Virginia and the spice of the Oriental all marries together to produce a phenomenal blend that one is drawn to again and again. It's so unique that and complex that you want to see what the next bowl can bring out. What, what, what different nuanced flavors the next bowl can bring to you. The second blend, which I have been enjoying very regularly, is Drucker & Sons First Amendment. 
uh, one of their recent installments, of course. They are much older blends. This is a fairly new, fairly new blend. And I noticed today or yesterday, uh, they just released Loch Ness uh, from Drucker and Son. Of course, GLPs is blending this. I've not tried that yet, but First Amendment is at the top of the top for me when it comes to an English blend in my current rotation. Sort of an American take on a traditional English blend. It does have burley in it, but the Latakia is ever-present. It's not a lap bomb, but it's extremely rich in its flavor. I tend to gravitate toward rich-tasting pipe tobacco. Has some perique to offer that spice. And so already in these two tins alone, we have several different buttons that are being pushed in the right direction for me. We have good oriental leaf, which I tend to favor. We have fantastic, a fantastic representation of a good burley. We've got Virginia. We've got Perique. The third blend that I have been enjoying almost daily is Vowen's Virginia Flake Number 14. I like a straight Virginia, especially in the springtime when the weather starts to warm up. And when I smell this, it reminds me of years ago when I was working on a row crop farm in Williamsburg County, South Carolina. We would bale hay, and it reminds me exactly of what those fields in the summertime would smell like. Just a beautiful, rich, natural, sweet smell, and that comes through with the flavor perfectly. I mean, the smell translates to the flavor almost perfectly with Vow and Virginia Flake number 14. So those are the three blends that have been in my constant daily rotation for some time now. I don't know if this has ever happened to me since I've started smoking a pipe, but if I could only choose three blends at the present time, those would be the three blends that I would have in my cellar because they're satisfying so much. They're sweet enough, spicy enough. They've got that oak leather taste in, in the First Amendment, that Latakia. So it's satisfying the English, the Burley, the Virginia uh, blend categories. Not so much the aromatic, but I've not been wanting aromatics as much these days. Um, uh, it's just... It's just not been satisfying. I will return to aromatics again, I'm sure, but I'm, I've not been interested in it here lately. A brief update, finally, uh, on the Pipe Cottage. Many people have asked via email and comments on YouTube videos, what's going on with the Pipe Cottage? Well, I did close the store temporarily while I transitioned my family from our current home here to a new home. And we are not staying in South Carolina. Uh, we are, in fact, relocating to the state of Kentucky, the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Long story about why we've decided to do this, but it is uh, we feel a calling and a leading, a spiritual leading from the Lord to go to Kentucky for some pretty specific reasons. Uh, I felt a pretty intense call of God to ministry about 10 years ago. And so I believe that God is putting us in a position where I will be involved in ministry, uh, perhaps even full-time ministry, um, within the next little while. I'm not sure exactly how all that's going to play out, but that's the main reason why I've decided to relocate the family. Uh, we're too comfortable where we are now, and God is shaking things up a little bit. And so uh, a prophet is without honor in his own country. 
I do believe that tremendously. And so we are excited about the opportunity to be of use and service to a different community and a part of the country that's more agricultural, that is still very much traditional in its views on things. Uh, South Carolina has changed a lot since my boyhood, and it's changed layer by layer since uh, my grandparents' generation. And so things are changing very quickly all over the country and all over the world, not just, not just here in South Carolina. But that's not even the main point of why we're doing this. And we do have a contract on a new farm in Kentucky, well over 100 acres, and we are excited about that. It's really the dream property that my wife and I have wanted uh, since we got married. And so there's still a couple of things that need to be ironed out before we can say 100% with, with a definite surety that we are moving to this particular farm. But when that happens, I will share more detail about it. Um, but I covet your prayers. Many of you are praying people. I covet your prayers as I transition my family through this process. And so when all that's done, we have every intention of reopening the Pipe Cottage store and serving you once again. But uh, I just wanted to make a very brief video today, perhaps not as brief as it could have been or should have been. But uh, we're still here, and I appreciate everybody for their support thus far in this, in this venture of ours to create a pipe store. Uh, so and in the meantime, until we have a chance to visit again, I am Alan Harrelson with the Old Carolina Pipe Cottage. Thank you all for stopping by.